Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I welcome you to Crossroads Christian Center, friends and family of Crossroads. And if you're new to us, welcome you here. You know, the Lord's going to do great things. Let us expect the Lord as we enter into 2021. This is the last Sunday of the year. And we want to go in with expectation into the new decade that the Lord has for us. He has great things for us. And you know what? It starts now. Actually, as we were worshiping, as we began worship, I had the picture of the, the runner, the baton, with the baton and how when they're passing the baton, the, the person who's receiving the baton begins to run. They begin to run with the person that's giving them the baton. Come on. It's time for us to start running and expecting what the Lord has because the Lord is passing us a baton of greater things than he's ever done in our lives, through our lives. He is on the increase. You know, 220 for you may have been a really hard year. It's been a hard year globally, but I want to tell you God has done great things. He has purged us. He has done a work. He has done the refiner's fire in our lives so that we increase, so that we will come out as gold, so that we are more powerful than ever before. And as we enter into this new year, 221, there is God is on the increase in our lives. Now, let us expect now. He is doing his work now. He is the now God. We're going to pray and we're going to worship. God has a word for you this day, Lord. We come to you with expectation. Lord, you say in your word that to have confident expectation in you. And so, Lord, we come to you in expectation that you are on the increase in our lives first, through our lives as a result. Lord, we are believing you for greater things. Lord, you're bringing us into a season of miracles, Father. Lord, it's not just about what you've done in the past, but what you want to do now in our lives. So, Lord, we drink of your fountain. We drink of your fountain. We surrender to you and we expect of you. Now let us worship together. Come on. You know, around here, we believe that what this word says happens in our lives. It's not a word that's merely historical. It did happen in the past. This is a historical book of the redemptive story of God. But this book translates into our daily living. That what God did here, he will do in 2.22.21. See, I believe over this house and the friends of this house, Crossroads Christian Center, that we are entering into a season for miracles. A season for miracles. It was interesting because when the Lord gave me that phrase, he said season for miracles. He used that, that preposition for on purpose because he said people have opportunity for miracles. But they may not choose to use it. Sadly. But it's a time where the Lord is hovering over us and he's teaching us about miracles, not just to see a miracle, but to participate in miracles. Because that's the design of the believer, the supernatural power that Jesus paid for on the cross flows through us. And we are people of the supernatural and a miracle is when God conquers an impossibility. 
Come on. A miracle is when God conquers an impossibility. And miracles are not something to be looked at like in a museum. Now, the Lord gave me this word yesterday when I was on my walk. He said, people look at miracles, historical miracles, like in a museum. Kind of stand far away with a rope between you. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Look at it. Admire it. Read about it. Go to the little panel there and read about what happened. Oh, wow. Isn't that great that that happened to those people? And the Lord said, you know what? I don't want my children looking at miracles like it's they're in a museum somewhere. You know, there's people, even in the body of Christ, in the church, in the world, that preach like Miracles belong in a museum. No, God says, I am the God of miracles, and I am sending a season for miracles in a new way. Now, have you said, well, are you saying miracles haven't happened? No, I'm not saying that. Actually, I have been a part of miracle even this year. Many, actually. Some I've told you about. Some I haven't told you about. Some we can't put online. <coughs> Excuse me. But the Lord is saying, I'm giving increase over this house. Because part of God's increased presence is his miracles. Part of his presence in our lives is miracles, is participating with God in miracles. He does not want his children to be spectators, but participators. The Lord is also saying this. Are you afraid to ask too much of God? The enemy wants you to be afraid to ask of God. To believe for too much. For great things. Big prayers, as we would call them. But the truth is this. Sometimes we're afraid to ask of God because God's going to require something of ourselves. Whoa, that's really the issue, isn't it? He's going to require something of us. Come on, get out your pots. Go get the pots. Give the prophet your last grain and oil first. Come on. Where's the little kid with the two fish and five loaves of bread? Now, disciples, you're going to go around. You're going to take. After I bless it, you're going to go distribute it with your hands. It wasn't Jesus' hands that gave it to the people. It was the disciples. This is significant. Why? Because they participated in the miracle. They participate. They didn't just sit there and receive it or be a spectator of it. They participated. God used them as part of the miracles. You know, this is interesting because when Jesus was saying, I am showing you my miracles and you are participating in my miracles with the disciples. Later in the book of Acts, it says, Acts chapter 5 verse 12. The very disciples who became apostles different terminology and acts for these men that God had chosen it says this and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders among the people by the hands here's my fish and loaves now distributed with your hands later you're going to have through your hands signs and wonders why because you participated and you believe and you learn and you're a sponge for me and out of you shall flow that river because the Holy Spirit is in you and upon you see the Lord is calling his children 
to be people of the supernatural. He is bringing us into a season for miracles. And he's saying, get out of the spectatorship and get into participation because I want to do miracles in your life and through your life. See, the greatest joy of Jesus' life here on earth is when he sent out the 70. He sent out the 70 and they returned. They returned in joy. And Jesus' response to hearing their message of walking and functioning in his power and authority was joy. Let me read this to you. Luke 10, verse 17. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, and I love this. He could have said anything to them. He could have said, good job. Thank you for obeying me. He could have said anything for, to them in response. But this is what he said. I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. When you went out and you functioned in my power and authority, you crushed Satan. He fell from the place of his authority because you took over. And you said, you know what? We have the power and authority, Satan. You don't have the power and authority over the sickness and disease. We have the power and authority. And when Jesus said, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. When we function in the power and authority that Jesus paid for on the cross, we defeat the enemy. He, the enemy does not want us to fill the vacuum of power and authority he wants to sustain that realm but he is that realm no longer belongs to him when we step in because of Christ's work Satan falls from that position of authority come on Luke goes on chapter 10 Jesus says to the 70 listen carefully I have given you authority that you now possess. Now, the word possess is interesting because it means belongs. He didn't rent it out to you that he's now taken back. He says you possess that authority. It belongs to you to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what nation you live in. And you may be in a nation that serves many gods. You may be in whatever nation. We, serve, we have a nation that has a lot of paganism here. The fact is this. Jesus said, I have given you the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy. The spirit of fear must leave you regarding the enemy's power. The Lord says to you, there's a word for some of you because you function in a spirit of fear. You function in the spirit of intimidation by the power of the enemy. But Jesus said, I have given you the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy. Second Corinthians, Timothy's or second Timothy chapter one, verse six and seven. He says that I have not given to you a spirit of fear. See, if you have a spirit of fear over the enemy's authority, the Lord, you are not functioning in your power. I have not given to you a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1, 6, 7. But I have given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Come on. You got to function in it. You got to function in it. And nothing will harm you. This is what Jesus says. 
Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. It's all about relationship. It's about your relationship to Jesus. He says, don't get into uh, concern about being the big shot with the, the power and authority. And people do. People get all in. And, and then they run after power and authority. Listen, there's a spiritual highway going around. We have our power and authority in one way through one person. And that is Jesus Christ. And it's only in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is saying here. He says this. But rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. And in that very hour, Jesus was overjoyed and rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. It brought him great joy to see the 70 functioning in the power and authority and he said i praise you O father lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and what he's talking about is the religious the people who think that they have human wisdom that have pride in their intelligence you have hidden these things from those who have a proud heart and have revealed them to the childlike yes father for this was your gracious will and your choice and was well pleasing in your sight Jesus shows us we have to have a heart that is welcoming to his ways you know what the Lord wants to rearrange the way that you're thinking some of us if we're thinking with pride if we're thinking if we, if we depend upon our worldly ways of thinking we can't function in the supernatural power of God. We have to, if we have an arrogant spirit, we cannot function in the supernatural power of God. And the Lord's saying, even over some of us, I'm rearranging your thinking. You have too much pride. I gotta, that pride's gotta go because I want you to function in the supernatural power. I want to have you function in the miraculous, but you have to be surrendered. Just as Jesus says, you have to become like little children. The Lord wants us to function in the miraculous. He doesn't want us to have a theology of one thing and an experience or practice of another. He is saying it's time to fill in the gap, people. Fill in the gap, church. You are my children. I have conquered the enemy and now you are to conquer the enemy. You are to do the works of the kingdom. You are to do what the apostles did in Acts chapter 5 and 12 by their hands. Signs and wonders. By the, the miraculous power flowed through their hands. That baton has been handed to us. We are the people of this generation. And that baton has been handed to us. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power and authority when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. That baton of power and authority has been handed to us may this generation see the power and authority and signs and wonders and miracles through this generation so that they also continue it to the next generation and generation after that this is the joy of jesus do you hear me? The joy of Jesus. One of the few times where Jesus exclaims in joy is this moment when he, t when 
the 70 return proclaiming what they have done in his name. He has a joyful, such an abundant, joyful proclamation as a result. This is the joy of Jesus. This is a season for miracles. 2021 is a season for miracles. It's time for you to exercise your power and authority that Jesus has given to you. But you cannot keep your thinking in in line with your own intellect or the things of the world or the way that the world wants you to or prideful thinking. The Lord's saying, I'm rearranging. I'm rearranging you. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. The Lord wants to do miracles in your life, through your life. Nothing is impossible with God. It may be impossible with man, but it's not. It's even though it's impossible with man, it's possible with God. No one is too far gone for Jesus to reach them with his love, with his blood, with his cleansing. He said, nobody's too far gone. And we can't get that in our thinking, in our lives. The Lord wants to use us. The Lord's saying, even in my heart today, that the greatest miracles are going to be the miracles of radical salvation, new creations. People were, that you think can never come to the Lord, they're going to be radically transformed. But the Lord says, by your hands, you have to be out there. You have to be supernaturally speaking on my behalf. Let me use you. It's time. It's time for the season of the miraculous. As we enter into 2021, the Lord is saying this is the year of giving birth to what's ever inside of you. Now, I'm hoping that's what's inside of you is faith and what God can do. I'm hoping that what's inside of you is is requests and say, Lord, use me. The Lord is saying, I'm going to give birth to what's inside of you. Whatever nation you're in, wherever you're at, where if you're in your living room or in your study or if you're in India or where in Nepal, wherever you're at, the Lord is saying, nothing is too difficult for me. I'm bringing your ministry, your church, your people, your family, wherever you are into a season for miracles. But will you believe me for them? Will you participate? Not just spectatorship, not just looking, not saying, you know what? I don't want to be uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you, if you don't want to be uncomfortable, you're not going to be a part of a miracle, by the way. If you're wanting to say, you know, my four and no more, you're not going to be a part of a miracle. It's time to be rearranged in how we think. Get out of our comfort zone. The Lord has a new thing and he's going to push us by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when the wind of God, the favor of God means actually the wind at your back. Favor of God means wind at your back. When a runner runs, he wants the wind not to be coming against him, but pushing him, pushing him. In the same way, the Lord's saying, I'm going to push you. By the wind of the spirit. I'm going to be the wind in your sails. I'm going to cause you to be blown wherever I have for you. People for you and to encounter. And you're going to open your mouth. And you're going to speak my word. You're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to recover. You're going to believe me for big things. Big things. Salvation of people. Healings of diseases. You're going to believe me for big things. The Lord is saying I'm bringing you in a season for miracles. Do you believe him? Man, you know what? I I just really, like, this is not about, I am not big on religious gatherings. I want encounters. I don't see too many religious 
gatherings here. What I see is encounters with the living God saying, I'm changing you. I'm transforming you. I'm empowering you. I'm making you different so that you make a difference in this world, so that you reach this world, so that they know that there is a true and living God, that there is a real God. There's a powerful God. There's a creator of heaven and earth that gave his life for them. And he loves them. And he wants to give them life abundantly. That message has not changed, but it happens through his children. It's the season for miracles. Do you believe? As as we have this last Sunday of the year, the Lord is saying, do you believe me? And more than even believing, which is very important. That's the door we go open. We go through is our belief, is our obedience to participate. To say, Lord, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to believe you, Lord. I'm not going to try to convince myself different. I'm not going to try to talk myself out of it. I'm not going to let my pride get in the way. I'm going to surrender myself to you, Lord. Rearrange me, Lord. I'm not going to make excuses for why I can't do something that you're asking me to do. I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to be used by you in a new way. I'm going to believe you, Lord. I'm going to allow you to stretch me, Lord. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to get passive. I'm not going to get checked out. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you. Because, Lord, I know just as you use the disciples, just as you taught the disciples when you were with them, by their hands, they distributed the miracle. And then when you filled them with the Spirit and they walked in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you used them. And by their hands, you did miraculous signs and wonders among the people. You want to do that in this generation, Lord. And Lord, we commit to that right now. I just want you to commit to that. A commitment. Sign a contract with the Lord. Because you know what? You're going to go back to that when you don't feel like doing it. When it's uncomfortable. When the Lord's pounding on your chest saying, say this. Do this. And you're saying, I don't feel like, I don't feel good today. You know what? I don't think the Lord ever asked us if we felt good about it. I'll have to say even in my life, most of the times where I had the most powerful ministry moments, I didn't feel it at all. But the Lord said, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And he through my obedience used me it's the time it's the season for such a time as this as we enter into 2020 lord we make that commitment to you we make that commitment to you lord jesus rearrange us you've got we've gone through a season of purging in 220 lord we've gone through the refiner's fire in 220 and now you're preparing us for that season of miracles and we thank you, Lord. We go, come, go in with great expectation, with confident expectation in you, in your precious name. Amen. God bless you. Come on up, Anthony. Give us the announcements. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Crossroads, everybody watching at home. Um, just want to welcome everybody. Uh, any visitors listening or watching for the first time, we welcome you to Crossroads. Um, and for those of you that are new or those that have not yet done so, uh, please, uh, we have a weekly newsletter that goes out uh, usually every Friday. And that tells you everything going on, um, coming up uh, with our church and every, all the uh, uh, other groups, everything uh, important going on with the church. And some of the things that I'm 
uh, giving announcements on now are in there, but there's also a lot that is not in there. So uh, that's why we do ask that you sign up for the newsletter. You can just uh, send your email in to us, and we'll go ahead and get you signed up for that. Now, we do have um, services online as far as uh, podcast form, um, and I do encourage those uh, that are unable to either uh, attend here in person um, or those that are unable to, to catch it um, on Facebook. You can go ahead and download that through uh, any podcast uh, provider, Apple, Spotify, anything like that, Stitcher. Um, and also if you find find it on your heart or you hear a word and you think, oh, that made me think of this person or that made me, I heard somebody's going through this particular uh, issue, uh, send it out to them. Uh, you know, they, they may just be needing a word of the Lord um, and you might just, you know, uh, send it to them at the right time and, and get them to uh, to turn a corner there. Uh, so again, our sermons are on, online through uh, podcast. Uh, year-end giving, uh, we have this is our last week, I guess, uh, to to give and to be able to. Um, uh, so there's a provision, I guess, at the IRS code uh, for charitable giving in 2020. So by the 31st, as long as you have those donations in, uh, your um, I don't know how you would say that. Your donations will be, I guess, a greater uh, tax break for you in that sense. Again, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we do have our Daniel Fast coming up, uh, so prepare for that. Don't uh, don't go into that blind. Trust me, I've done that once, and it is, it, it'll it'll wreck you. Um, uh, the Daniel Fast is is a good thing. Uh, it's going, we're going to be starting it from January 10th through the 31st. And what's that, what that is doing is uh, we're going to be, you, you want to fast, we are going to be fasting uh, food. A lot of people like to do uh, certain electronics or certain things that are uh, habitual for them that, that will get them out of their daily routine. Um, uh, for me and my family and for a lot of the church, it, it's, uh, we are going on a Daniel fast, a food fast. Um, so none of the, the meats, none of those things, it's all going to be things grown from the earth and uh, lots and lots of water. So <laughs> please be ready for that. Uh, it, it is a blessing. Uh, we do have um, uh, physically here, we have some daily devotional booklets uh, and also online as well. So you can go ahead and go to our website and download any of that information. And that is all in preparation for our Thirst Conference coming up January 29th and 30th. Uh, the um, that is going to be uh, the theme for that is Miracle Maker. And so I am definitely looking forward for, uh, for a miracle in my life, for God to do something in me uh, so that I may uh, take the Lord's word and uh, be prepared to spread that word. Um, uh, so again, January 29th and 30th. So please be ready for that. Uh, uh, it will be online. Um, hopefully we can get some... Uh, some of the restrictions will be lifted a little bit so we can have some in-person uh, uh, services, and that would be awesome. Uh, crossroads for our, our ministries, our missionaries, please pray for all of our missionaries. We, we, we love all the work that they do, uh, so please keep them in prayer. And this week, our missionary of the week is Pradeep and Jyoti of Light Life Freedom. Uh, please just keep them in your prayers. They, they are going through some uh, some hardships with some health issues right now, but they do amazing work. They are um, uh, rescuing uh, uh, 
children that have been trafficked and it is an amazing job but it's also a big undertaking so our work in india is nowhere near done we've got much more to do so please keep them in your prayers and if the lord speaks to you to give please do so and speaking of giving we're not taking a tithe and offering here because it's just us here but i just do want to let everybody know to just keep to stay faithful in your giving i did share so i'm going to share real quick i did share this morning my wife and i are by no means you know wealthy or anything like that and this year i spoke to her i believe it was yesterday about christmas time and i'd said you know it's it's funny we we got a lot of things for people and it was mostly me i had we've got two new nephews and i just kept buying so uh i couldn't help myself and um you know i told her we we've gotten a lot we bought a lot of presents and it didn't feel like we had to like stretch it at all you know the lord provided we we weren't in any need at all and um you know that's just due to 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 our faithfulness in giving and i did have uh, uh an older pastor at another church whose son you know uh, knew of God, obviously, but wasn't a follower. And he's like, my son, you know, doesn't follow Christ, but he gives tithes every week, every paycheck, you know, because he knows in faith, you know, God will provide. And so, you know, even those that, that aren't necessarily believers or followers, uh, they know the word of the Lord uh, in, in faithfulness. So please be faithful and, and continue to give your tithes and offerings. And now we're going to have a, an amazing word by Pastor David. And so please be ready, Pastor. Thank you, Anthony. Well, it's so good to be with you again, even though we're uh, doing it remotely. We're excited about what the Lord's doing and, and all the great things God is, uh, has planned for us. And this is going to be the last of our series that we're dealing with uh, entitled The Names of God. This is, I believe, either number 38 or 39. There's 330 names plus of, of, of uh, God in Scripture. And uh, it kind of worked out. I was had my son-in-law and my daughter and grandkids were over yesterday, and they were talking to us. And I, he asked me what I was preaching on, and I told him it's the last in our series, and it's the Alpha and the Omega. And he goes, "Did you plan that?" And I said, "Not really. It just kind of worked out." But I want to talk to you this morning about the name of God, which is the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, it's found three times in Scripture. All three of those passages are found in the Book of Revelation. And I want to look at it, and we want to look at each of those three verses and then pull out some principles we could learn from it, because I think it's really important for us to trust the Word of God. We are a Word-based church. We are people who believe that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and the Word, according to 1 John, is Jesus Christ. So the more you're in the Word, the more Jesus is in you, and the more you're going to grow and mature and, and multiply in your faith. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, uh, I read out of the NIV translation. And in Revelation 1, 8, it says this. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. So what God does here, he gives us one of his names, and he actually is uses uh, the Greek letters, the Alpha and the Omega. They're actually in the, in Koine Greek is the uh, language that w- the New Testament, most of the New Testament was written in. In Koine Greek, the first letter of the alphabet is the Alpha. 
the last letter of the alphabet is the omega. And so what he's basically doing is saying from, from this end to this end, I am the Lord God Almighty. I am the Almighty. There is no others beside me. As a matter of fact, it would be like in, in, in English saying, I'm the A to Z. I'm, I'm everything between A and Z. And actually, it's interesting because in the, in the Jewish culture, in the, in the rabbinic culture, they would often use the first and last letter to be uh, like bookends, spiritual bookends for what they were talking about. And that's based upon the understanding of the Old Testament, based upon the understanding of who God is, that he was before time and he's after time. Actually, the infinity symbol is the, the symbol, uh, kind of an eight on its side. It is without beginning and without end. And that's who God says he is. So in Revelation 1.8, what we see is the word of God declaring to us through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit that he is without beginning and without end. And it's a beautiful thing because what is so important here, it talks about the eternality of our God. God is not something that just showed up on the scene. You know, just this last Sunday, or Thursday, excuse me, we celebrated Christmas. Now, a anyone has any knowledge of Scripture understands that December 25th is not the actual day Jesus was born. It's the day we celebrate his birth. But Jesus was pre-incarnate. He always was with God. It wasn't like God didn't exist, and then on December 25th, in A.D. Uh, zero, uh, he was born. God existed and began before time. Time does not have any uh, limitations upon our God. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. Scripture says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we're talking about this, we're not talking about all of a sudden uh, God was created, Jesus was created. He always was. And in the beginning... God was the creator and author of all things. Uh, a lot of times I'll talk to people and they'll, they'll talk to me and they'll say, well, you know, I, I've, I've never really got into religion. I never really get into the whole spiritual thing because, you know, I have a hard time believing that God w exists. You know, it's interesting when you read the first verse of the scripture, Genesis 1.1, it doesn't argue God because it's not about argument. It's about the fact that God has already existed. Scripture, uh, Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, what was God? And so from the very beginning scripture to the very end of the book of Revelation in chapter 22, we see the bookends that God has always existed. And one of the things that is interesting when you look through uh, scripture, it's so important for us to understand who Jesus Christ is. Right now I'm doing a devotional, I'm doing, I send an email out every uh, Monday through uh, Saturday, and if you would like to receive that, we're currently going through the book of uh, Colossians, uh, just drop an email to the church, we'll add you to that mailing list. But one of the beautiful things about the book of Colossians, it was dealing with the heresy or the, the, uh, the false teaching that was going on in the church of Colossae about who Jesus Christ was. And the, the scripture teaches us very clearly that Jesus Christ is supreme above all things, above all gods, above all creation, over everything. Jesus Christ is preeminent. He is the supreme being over all things. And when you read through uh, Colossians chapter 1, if you'd look at verse 17, it's interesting. It says this. It says, He is before all things, and in Him all things are held together. So think about that. Jesus Christ holds all things together. 
I uh, told the first service that it's interesting. I've, every once in a while, I'll talk to someone, and they'll start talking about faith, and I bring up the conversation, and they, they say, well, you know what? I don't, I don't need the crux of religion. I don't need the, the assistance of Christianity or anything else. I pull myself up by my own bootstraps, and I always want to ask them, are you a cobbler? And they'll say, like, no, why? And I say, because did you make the boots that you pulled yourself up with? You know, my wife's got some really nice black boots on this morning. She didn't make those, but she pulls them up when she puts them on. And I'll tell you, there is a creator God who sustains the universe. There is a creator God that sustains you and I. And it's not our own talent and ability. It's not that you can do all things through yourself. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. So I want to challenge you this morning. When you think about the beginning and the end of God, He has always existed. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. Another passage that I love to read is the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, this is a beautiful passage of Scripture. It says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. He sustains all things by his powerful word. You see, there is a powerful, powerful truth in the word of God that the spoken word, the word that became flesh that dwelt among us, when we proclaim the word of God, there is power, there is authority, there is supernatural strength that comes to us. You know, it was interesting that early this morning, my wife and I were getting ready, my daughter and my son-in-law were uh, in the kitchen and we were just sitting around drinking coffee, talking, and they said that their children, their two oldest uh, uh, boys uh, were up with them last night late and they were talking about master thieves and uh, I don't know how they got in this conversation but they were talking about people who make art that is an impre- or impressionistic or a uh, counterfeit and they were talking about how and why people do that and it's interesting because this pa- this passage is Jesus isn't a knockoff of who God is Jesus is who God is Jesus isn't a a, a, a copy of God. Jesus is God. And a lot of times people want to tear down who Jesus Christ is. And I'll tell you, if you're ever in a church or you're ever in a conversation or you're ever in a group of people that want to tear down who Jesus Christ is, get away from them. Flee like the building is on fire. Because the truth of God's word is this. God's Son is the exact representation of God the Father. The Son and the Father are one. In Scripture, we we use the term in the church, the Trinity, but it's actually the triune nature of who our God is. Our God is the exact, exact, exact same person as God the Father. And so I want to encourage you, as you look through Scripture and you read the words of God, realize that God is talking to us when he talks about the Alpha and the Omega. He's not just talking about the God who created the universe and the God who will sit on his throne forever. He's talking about his son, Jesus Christ. Even though this passage in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8 is referred to as God the Father speaking, it refers also to Jesus the Son because the two are inseparable. So the second reference we have is found in the book of Revelation as well. If you look in your Bibles in Revelation chapter 21, verse 6, it's interesting because Jesus is, is depicted here as he's sitting on the throne. Let me tell you something. In the midst of this whole coronavirus, in the midst of this whole global pandemic, pandemic Jesus Christ still is on the throne. 
Some people will like to say, well, where is God in the midst of this? God is here sustaining us. God is here. God is our Jehovah Rapha. The Lord Jesus is our healer. It says, by his stripes we are healed. So don't allow fear to get into you. You know, last night my, uh, my wife and I, we sat down with our grandkids and our, our son and daughter, and they, they were, uh, the, the kids had never seen Star Wars before. So we started with the episode, the, the first of Star Wars, you know, going way back. And uh, one of the things, there was a couple scenes in it that really got me, and one of them was where Darth Vader says to the people, your lack of faith is greatly disturbing. I thought, wow, that's a good word, even though it's coming from the dark side. <laughs> and then one of the, the imperial leaders says, one of the things that we can do is we can control the people by the fear. And I thought, wow, that's a word from the Lord, because perfect love does what? Cast out fear. And Jesus Christ is love incarnate. And one of the things that we need to do is realize that he is still on the throne. Do not allow fear to to, to, to stymie your spiritual development. Do not allow fear to be something that destroys you because Jesus Christ came to overcome, to give you authority, to give you dominion. He said that one of the things he came to do, he came to set us free and he came to set you free from fear. But you have to realize that he is seated upon the throne. So look at Revelation chapter 21, verse six. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I give water without cost from the spring of water of life. You see, Jesus Christ, our God, our Savior, our Lord, came into this world. He, he, he departed from heaven. Philippians chapter 2 says he emptied himself. And was as he emptied himself, he was highly exalted. And he became... In flesh, he came as a baby. Think about that. God, the God who has always been, who has always be, put himself in the form of a frail, helpless infant and took on flesh so he could show you and I the way that we could overcome. It's not by our flesh. It's by the Spirit. And Jesus came and empowered us through the Holy Spirit so that we could walk in the same authority. Scripture says we can do greater things than him. So in January, when we start our, our series on miracles, you're going to see how the Lord wants to use you to do supernatural things. It's not just some super apostle or super person you see on television. It's you, the simple person who believes God, believes God's word, can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. So as we look at this passage, one of the things we see is in, in Revelations 21.6 is Jesus is actually declaring himself to be the eternal, everlasting God. So I, I've had conversations with people that say to me, well, Pastor David, you don't understand. Jesus wasn't God. He was a good man. He was a philosopher. He was a humanitarian. And I tell them, no, you're wrong. That's not who Jesus was, although he did those things. He is God in flesh. He is the incarnate God who came and dwelt among us. That he is the exact representation of the Father. The, the, the glory of God manifests himself in the Son. The Son and the Father are one. You cannot separate them. They're one. They're, they're bonded together for eternity. And, and when we look through scriptures, one of the things we see is the example in the Gospel of John. And John chapter 8 is an interesting chapter as you go through and read it. 
it begins with Jesus talking with the, the woman that was caught in adultery. And it's always fascinating to me that it's always the woman that's brought before the religious people and judged for her adultery. The man is nowhere to be seen, you know. Uh, it, it, that's just always is, it interested me uh, in Scripture. And I love the fact that Jesus came and he addresses the religious people that are trying to condemn this young woman. I'm assuming she's young. I'm just, that's an assumption I don't know, but I'll, I'll go with my assumption. And as he's, she's caught, he starts talking, and he starts talking about how he has become the light of the world. And not only has he become the light of the world, he says that you'll know the truth, and the truth is going to set you free. You see, Jesus was setting them up, their, their religious biases that they had, the religious perceptions they had of who God was, they, they could not see this 33-year-old rabbi as an expert in forgiveness. As a matter of fact, as they go on, they start talking and they, they, they challenge him and they say, hey, you're, only, you're, you're not even 50 years old yet. How can, you, how can you be the one that, as he says, before Abraham was, I am? How can you even be in that same ballpark because you haven't even been born yet? Abraham was actually, if you look at the history of Abraham... Abraham's genealogy, if you go through the, the Gospel of Matthew, it shows the genealogy of Jesus based upon the Davidic line. And you have 14 generations from, from uh, Abraham to King David, and then f- there's 14 generations from King David to the Babylonian exile, and then there's 14 generations from the Babylonian exile to the, the birth of Jesus Christ. So you're talking about 42 generations, which is approximately about 490 uh, years. A generation in Scripture is uh, between 11 and 12 years, depending on who, which scholar you look at. And so what basically these rabbis were saying to Jesus, you're just some young, snot-nosed, 30-year-old, thinks-who-knows-it-all rabbi, and actually in the Jewish culture, you were not considered an elder until you turned 50. Isn't that great for us old folks? You know, uh, you know and one of the things older people like to do, they like to put younger people in their place. When I, when I was your age, I thought I knew everything, but now at my age, I know I know everything. You know, Lynn's father used to always say to us when we call him for counsel or wisdom, he, he used a term that used to drive me crazy. When he'd talk to us and we'd tell him what we're going through, he'd say, David, this too shall pass. And it was kind of like pouring salt in a wound to me. It was just like, I don't want someone to tell me this is going to pass. I want to tell me, someone to tell me that, the way of, about how did I get through this. But you know what's funny is I got older and my kids would start talking to me and I would, they would tell me their problems, and I would sit and listen to them, and I'd give them some really good godly wisdom. This too shall pass. You know why? Because as you get older, you have a perspective that is a little bit different. You know, that's why grandparents have so much fun with their grandkids, while parents sometimes are frustrated. Because we've already been through the process, and we know that our kids are very resilient, and they're going to they're gonna make it through... And a young parent is just pulling their heads out because they're listening to every podcast and every influencer telling them how to raise their kids. And Scripture says, raise them up in the ways of the Lord. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. And we believe Scripture is the guidelines for what we, what we do. And so as you're looking at this text and you're looking at Jesus where he says, hey, I am the Alpha and Omega. I'm going to give you water that is without cost, water that comes from life. And then he says this. I love this. In John chapter 8, verse 58, he says, Truly, truly, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. 
Wow, talk about things hitting the hot plate. This is where Jesus actually uses a phrase that every good religious person of his day would understand that it was attributed to being the word of God. Why? Because what did God say to Moses when he was going to see the Pharaoh? If you turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, the word says this, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am, I love this, I am has sent me to you. So God's word, the word that the Lord used to describe himself is the, is the word, the tetragram is what they call it. It's, it's, it's the four letters where we get the word Yahweh or Jehovah, depending on your interpretation of it. You see, in the Jewish culture, even today, if uh, a rabbi, there's a rabbi that's in our community that we've been in correspondence with things, and every once in a while he'll drop an email or a note to me, and he'll, he'll say, and God bless you, and he'll say G hyphen D, because he doesn't want to blaspheme or defame the name of God. There's a high reverence. Well, that's the word that Jesus is using here. He's talking to the religious leaders of his day. He's talking to the, the, the theological scholars of his community. And he says to them, I am the I am. I am the one who existed before time. I am the one that existed after time. He was equating himself with being God. And what happened right after this? They went blitz crazy and tried to kill him. You know why? Because they felt in their minds he was blaspheming because he was a human being declaring himself to be God. So anytime anyone tells you that Jesus isn't God, turn to, to John chapter 8, verse 58, and read it. And have, ha, actually, better yet, have them read it and then have them explain what it means to you. You know, Jesus was the I am. It's a prophecy that was given in Isaiah multiple times. Isaiah 44, 6 says, I am the first and the last. Uh, besides me, there is no other God. There is not one other God that exists. You know, as Americans, we often think that it's always the foreign countries that have the, the multiplicity of gods. But the reality is this. Anything you place before the Lord becomes a God. Actually, it becomes an idol. So we can be, we can, it could be our careers, it could be our homes, it could be our children, it could be our, our, our health. You know, I, I had a, a funny uh, thing that happened to me several years ago. We were, my wife and I, we like to walk when we go to cities and, and uh, our kids were with us and we, uh, we went to San Francisco. We, we usually do a, a walking tour of the city. We walk and eat all through the city. So we, we, we stop at about seven or eight places and have small little bites all through the city. And it's kind of a, a progressive meal in the city. And one particular time we were doing this, we were walking and I twisted my ankle uh, going to the city and I couldn't walk. I just knew I wouldn't be able to walk. And I had a book with me. So I told Lynn and the kids, I said, why don't you guys go for a walk and, and I'll just sit in this coffee shop and I'll have a cup of coffee and, and read while you're walking. And then you just, on the way back, it was part of the loop we did. You could, you could find me here. So I'm sitting in the coffee shop and I'm there a couple hours and this elderly woman sitting across from me looks over at me and says, are you, you going to be here all day? And I said, well, I'm waiting. My wife and kids are walking around the city. And, and uh, she says, well, why aren't you walking? I said, man, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm getting this old. Uh, I twisted my ankle and I can't function. And she goes, I said, well, and we started talking. And she, she said to me, uh, I said, well, how old do you think I am? And she looked at me and she says, yeah, like 50, 51. She hit it right on the nail. 
And I'm like, how do you figure that out? And she goes, because you have hair growing out your ears. And I thought to myself, how in the world could this old lady sitting across the room, she, she, she definitely is observant, but, you know, the, I was getting old. I was becoming old. And as you become old, one of the things that happens is you have wisdom. You gain wisdom and understanding. And one of the things that is, is so beautiful about Jesus is that he has the wisdom of eternity on his side. He has the wisdom, God the Father, who created everything and put it into place. He has the wisdom of living as a human being. Then he has the wisdom of being seated at the right hand of God the Father and looking down upon he- on, uh, from heaven on earth to give us wisdom and guidance and understanding. That's why it's so important for us to have a powerful, dynamic relationship with him because Jesus wants to give you all wisdom, all understanding, all insight, sight into things. And it happens because he is the eternal God. The third reference we want to look at is, is found in the book of Revelation in chapter 22. It's interesting because in, in Revelation 22, the last chapter of the, of the, the scriptures, Jesus is, is seated on the throne. He has already fulfilled all the prophecies of scripture and he's seated and it says this, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. This further elaborates Jesus' declaration of himself as God. He, he, he recognizes that his position has been secured. Not only was he born uh, of a virgin, empowered by the Holy Spirit that Mary conceived, he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, he, he was uh, crucified, died, buried, resurrected, and then ascended into heaven. And right before his ascension, he tells about the power of the Holy Spirit coming. He talks about how his believers are going to be filled with a supernatural spirit of God, the spirit that lived in him, the spirit that rested upon him at baptism, the spirit that empowered him to do miracles. He said that same spirit's going to be with you. And he says, stay in Jerusalem until you're empowered. And then as they stayed in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit fell upon them on the day of Pentecost. And what happened? Signs and wonders, miracles happened. And I'll tell you, the same signs and wonders God wants to do in your life and in my life. Now I tell you that because it's not just my life. He wants to do it in your life. He wants to fill you with the supernatural power of the Spirit so you can do greater things than Jesus. I believe God wants to raise up the dead. I believe God wants to open blind eyes. God wants to heal people of diseases. God wants to do supernatural things. If We would just believe that He is the Alpha and the Omega and He has empowered you as His sons and daughters to do that. So what do we learn from this title? What, what's some, what are some takeaways you and I can have from the Word of God this morning? First of all, this. The first thing we could take away is Jesus Christ has always existed. This is not like an ove thing where God says, you know, human, humankind has sinned. In Genesis 3, we, we see the story of sin entering the world. And it wasn't like, oh, great, what do we do now? I, I don't know if God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit is speaking. And, and, and Jesus gets the short end of the straw and gets sent down to earth. That's not what happened. God has always had a plan that his son would come and the crucified son would fulfill all the requirements of the law. Because if you understand the law of the Old Testament, there is no way on this planet any human being could ever fulfill all the requirements of the word. There is no way but one can. A sinless, spotless lamb who was sent 
Jesus Christ, who was the Alpha and the Omega. He was before time, he'll be after time, but he had a, a moment of time, 33 years on this planet, where he demonstrated to all humankind that we can have a relationship with God and we can be transformed and we can be renewed. And I love what it says in John chapter 1, verse 3. It says, and through him, all things were made. And without him, nothing has been made. You see, Jesus Christ has always existed. He will always exist. There is no beginning and ending of his days. He is always going to be there. And one of the things that is going to happen is there is going to be a thing called the second coming. When he returns, he came once as a, 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 a baby entering into the world. But the second time he comes, he's going to come as a conquering king. He's going to come as the overcoming king of this world. And he's going to show every human being that is alive that the dead in Christ are going to be raised with him. We're going to go into this presence and there's going to be a period of judgment. But Jesus Christ has always existed. Second thing we can learn is this. Jesus and the Father are one. In sign language, I know a little bit of sign language. The sign for Trinity is you take three fingers and pull them down through your hand and come up as one. You see, the triune nature of who God is, is that God himself did, isn't compartmentalized. It isn't like, well, this is God, this is Jesus, and this is the Holy Spirit. The three have become one and dwelt among us. And one of the beautiful things that we, we learn from this is that, that Jesus is God. He has fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies, the prophecy of Isaiah that says, I am the Lord and I am the first and the last. Jesus fulfilled that when he stood before the, the religious leaders in John chapter 8 and said, before Abraham was, I am. He was incorporating all of the scripture, all of the prophetic words given over him, the thousands and thousands and thousands of prophecies given about Jesus Christ. He has fulfilled every one of them. And he is and always will be one with the Father. They're not divisible. They're not separatable. They are, they are one. They're eternally connected. They always will be one. And anyone that tries to teach you otherwise is a heretic. I don't care how much learning they have. I don't care how many initials they have after their name. Jesus Christ is God. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. He is always been, always will be, and always shall be God. And the third thing I want to tell you is this. Jesus Christ brings things to completion. He always has the ability to gather things and bring them to completion. He always has the ability to take things that are not ready, that right, and bring them and solidify them into, into unity. Because according to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, Jesus is the author and finisher and perfecter of our faith. He is the one that makes our faith perfect. It's not us that makes it perfect. It's Jesus that makes it perfect. It is Jesus who has the ability to take things that don't seem to make sense, don't seem to uh, come together, and he brings them to completion. Why? Because he is a supernatural God. He created all things. And one of the things he could do, he can create in you the ability to trust him. Worship team, come on up. You know, when I, when I was preparing for this message and I was thinking about it, I thought to myself how Jesus Christ as the Alpha and the Omega was really like the, the spiritual bookends, if you would, of, of all of what Scripture incorporates. If you look at the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 1, it, it is interesting because 
it talks to us about how in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, right? God, from the first verse of the Bible, it says that God created the heavens and the earth. He is, it's not argumentable. It's not something we debate about. It's something that is just a stated fact. It's like the fact I'm bald. That's not something we have to debate, okay? It's something that's just a fact. I have no hair on my forehead. As a matter of fact, people joke and tell, tell them, well, your forehead's big. I say, I have a four, five, six, seven, and eight head. It just keeps going back. That's not something we debate. The truth of the matter is, Jesus Christ was in the beginning. Now, if you turn your Bible from the first page to the very last page, to the very last verse of the Scripture, in, in Revelation 22, verse 21, it says this. I love it. And the grace of our Lord Jesus be with all the saints. And the very next word is amen, which means let it be so. So we see from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22, uh, verse 21, Jesus Christ has been was, is, and forever shall be the Alpha and the Omega. And you can put your trust in Him. You can put your dependence upon Him. You can put your faith in Him. You can put all your confidence in Him because He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never abandon you. He will always love you. He will always forgive you. He will always be there for you. Lord, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just come right now, wherever we're listening to this word, Lord, wherever we're at, maybe in our car, maybe with our family, maybe if alone, we may be on a run listening to it. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will just energize these words. I pray that, Lord, we will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is Lord. I pray that, Lord, we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have the ability to come into our circumstance and situation. You have the ability to come into our lives in a powerful way. God, that you sent your son who died on a cross, who was crucified, died, buried, and then resurrected and ascended to heaven. That you sent your son to empower us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, you have always had the son who was the Alpha and the Omega. And I pray right now, God, that you will give us a bold confidence to believe that you're going to work out all things together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And I pray, Father, that this word would penetrate not just deep into our head, not just deep into our ears, but God would go down into our spirit and feed our spirit man or woman supernatural food. God, give us a spiritual diet that would energize us and empower us and strengthen us in the things of the spirit so we can do all the things that you've called us to do lord let us be your mouthpieces to this world let us be the people that when we're in a situation and we see a circumstance and people don't know what to do we could call upon the name of the lord he is our strong tower he is our defender he is our provider he is our healer he is our salvation lord and we pray that the power of the holy spirit would just flow through your sons and daughters in jesus name we ask Amen. God bless your worship team. Lead us.
you know what I want you to do? Wherever you're at, I want you to get some oil. Every house has something. Some type of oil. It could be sunflower or mustard oil or olive oil or vegetable oil or whatever kind of oil. There's all kinds of oils. It doesn't matter. I want you to get some oil, and I want you to anoint yourself and your family who's ever with you. And I want you to commit to the new thing God's doing. He has, We have entered into a season for miracles. Pastor David spoke about the truth that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. And he didn't just show up at the beginning, left for a while, and then showed up at the end like some people do. He is the Alpha and Omega, meaning I am with you every day of your life. I'm already there in your future waiting for you. Let me just say this. We're entering into a new decade, 2021. There's always the debate, when does the new decade begin? Does it begin in 220 or does it wait until 221? Well, we're going to say it started in 2021 because we don't want to um, claim this last year necessarily for this decade. It was a good transitional year, let's say, of purging for the good things that God has to give to us and the good uh, works the Lord wants to flow through us. But get that oil and make a commitment. The last Sunday of the year, make that commitment and say, you know what? First of all, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord, not passive serving, not nominal Christian, but active serving, whole heart. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. That's foundational. You know, I read to you Luke 10 about the 70 being used by Jesus, but Jesus said, do not rejoice in the power that... and." That's been manifested, but rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. What is he saying? Rejoice in relationship with me. That's why we say, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It all begins and ends in your relationship with Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. It begins and ends there. Get that oil, and you're going to commit to the Lord, because the Lord is bringing us into a whole new dimension the increase in our lives the increase through our lives there is a harvest that the lord is is having is going to have this this next year and not just this next year but we're entering into a harvest season it's going to go beyond 221 i guarantee you that it's going to go this next decade is going to be incredible the greater the battle will be greater the victory and there is, there is just something that the Lord wants to do through the believers in this world. There are going to be households that come to the Lord. There are going to be prodigals that return to the house of the Lord. There are going to be addicts free, not just free temporarily, but freedom. There's going to be broken addictions where counselors and therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists say you will need to live with this addiction Jesus is going to set you free Jesus is going to set you free and you are going to be free indeed free forever this is the type of thing the Lord there's going to be deliverance 
deliverance from the depression, the, the porthole, the principality of depression has play, uh, plagued our earth. Not just the U.S., not just this, this younger generation, but has plagued the earth, this principality of depression and many other forms of depression, suicide, anxiety, uh, fears. The fact is this, Jesus is going to break off those things. It's going to be a decade of harvest. There's going to be a decade of freedom. Now, I'm going to say when that happens... The enemy likes to raise his ugly head. He's been stomping around with his ugly feet trying to destroy humans. But Jesus says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Therefore, let us be filled with his Holy Spirit. Let us be filled with his power. That is the weapons that we have. The weapons of our warfare are not physical, are not carnal, but they are mighty for the pulling down of the strongholds of the enemy. This is what 2021 is going to start. And it's going to be like a tsunami of the spirit for those who believe. Now, let me just preface that for those who believe. Because you cannot be a part of something you don't believe in. And Jesus, he himself, Jesus, God, Alpha Omega, when Abraham, before Abraham was, I am that person, God, Jesus said, I can't do anything in Nazareth. I can't do very much in my hometown. Why? Because they didn't believe the porthole for God using us is our belief in him. So we got to let God do some rearranging in our thought life. When we diminish what he wants to do, when we say no to him, when we um, minimize, when we check out, this is the big thing. Sometimes it's not some sort of rebellion. It's checking out, getting too busy with the things of the world, not engaged, not engaged with the spirit of God, what the spirit of God's wanting to do, not prioritizing. Get that oil and anoint yourselves. Get Pam, the spray stuff. I don't care what you use. Get something that has oil in it. I don't care what you use. Get a cream. There's all kinds of stuff. Right now, anoint yourself. And then we welcome, we say, Lord, uh, when things are anointed in Scripture, they are dedicated unto so we dedicate ourselves unto that they're sacred. We are sacred, Lord. We belong to you. As we enter 221, we enter fully and completely yours. We anoint our household. We anoint the, uh, the our, our doorpost. And we say, Lord, this household belongs to you. If you have a child or a teenager or a young adult or uh, I don't care if it's grandma and they're not in alignment with the Lord, they're going to get in alignment with the Lord. That for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know about all you, but for me and my house. And you know what? If you're not serving the Lord, the Lord's going to get you in agreement and alignment and whatever it takes. If, 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 the, if the Lord has to make you miserable and tell you get in alignment, so be it. So be it, because you're going to be in alignment with the Spirit of God. We don't have time for that nonsense. No time for that nonsense. 
You don't belong to the enemy. You don't belong to the world. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You belong to my house. We, there's no if or but or and. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Lord, not only serve you in in our own lives, but that we will flow, have your spirit flow from us to others to bring increase to your kingdom to bring you glory through how you use us lord that we will open our mouths and proclaim your word that we will prophesy that we will bring encouragement we will bring edification to people lord that you will give us words of knowledge and wisdom for the lost for the people who are searching for you lord that you're going to validate your presence the truth of who you are to those around us because, Lord, you're, you said your kingdom would have no end and you bring increase to your kingdom through your children. So, Lord, we say yes to you as this last Sunday of 220, as we enter this week into 221, we say yes and we surrender to your transforming power. Lord, you're going to bring increase in us and then you bring increase through us. So, Lord, bring that increase in us, Lord, even now. We commit to it. Lord, you're going to make us uncomfortable because increase is uncomfortable. You're going to enlarge within us. So, Lord, do that. Stretch us, Father. For such a time as this, Lord, and with our own eyes, we will have the privilege of seeing the very things that the disciples saw when they walked with you. We will have the privilege of seeing with our own eyes and being used by you in the same way, in the same manner as the apostles did in Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Lord, we will walk and do and be Jesus to this world. Jesus who loves Jesus, who brings peace, Jesus, who brings freedom, Jesus, who brings encouragement, Jesus, who shows the father, the good, good God to those around them. Lord, we thank you, father, for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you've been with us. And Lord, we have great expectations because we know that you plan to do, as Ephesians 3.20 says, exceedingly, abundantly, more than what we can ask or imagine according to the work that is within us, within us, the power that is within us, which is your Holy Spirit. And we thank you in your name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great New Year celebration. We'll see you in 221.
<laughs> My earbuds went out. 